Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's September 26th, 2022. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, Node Positive. Does radiation dose to the sinoatrial node increase the risk of atrial fibrillation? There is an ever-growing list of cardiac substructures that have been dosimetrically associated with adverse cardiac events after radiation for non-small cell lung cancer. The most frequently studied events are ischemic events, but what about AFib? This retrospective study of 560 patients treated for both non-small cell and small cell lung cancer, sought to determine whether dose to the atria, ventricles, coronary arteries, and conduction nodes was associated with developing atrial fibrillation. During a median follow-up of 36 months for non-small cell lung cancer patients and 26 months for small cell lung cancer patients, 4.6% developed new onset atrial fibrillation, while 2% developed non-AFib cardiac events. While heart substructure dose was similar between the small cell and non-small cell cohorts, almost twice as many non-small cell lung cancer patients developed AFib. Among cardiac substructures, maximum dose to the sinoatrial node was the strongest predictor of developing AFib, followed by sinoatrial node V15 gray. Sinoatrial node Dmax was also associated with overall survival. The optimal sinoatrial node Dmax cutoff was much higher in the small cell cohort at about 53 gray than it was in the non-small cell cohort, which was only 20 gray. Given similar heart dosimetry in each cohort, it is unclear why this difference was seen, but one possibility is that there were simply more events to analyze in the non-small cell lung cancer cohort. Regardless, Shooting for a more conservative sinoatrial node Dmax during optimization may help reduce the risk of atrial fibrillation. Also, don't forget to optimize the LAD V15 gray in addition to overall heart dose. The bottom line is, higher maximum dose to the SA node is associated with an increased risk of atrial fibrillation and mortality among patients receiving radiation for small cell and non-small cell lung cancer. Thanks to Kim, JAMA Oncology, 2022. Up second, necrosis for the mostus. Radiation necrosis is classically seen as an undesired risk to mitigate during radiosurgery planning. We're here to reframe that thought. Here is an international retrospective study of almost 700 patients with over 4,500 brain metastases across 11 institutions in four countries treated with both immune checkpoint inhibition and single fraction stereotactic radiosurgery. 18 to 20 gray in one fraction for non-small cell lung cancer, melanoma, or renal cell carcinoma brain metastases. Of these, 10% had subsequent radiographic radionecrosis. Interestingly, on multivariable analysis, presence of radiographic radionecrosis along with performance status 
were the only recorded features associated with improved overall survival. And we'll pause to note that the hazard ratio is quite impressive for radiation necrosis at 0.66. Median survival after radionecrosis was 29 months versus 23 months without. And of course, there were the usual dosimetric suspects, such as volume of brain receiving at least 12 gray and prior history of whole brain radiation that were associated with developing radiation necrosis, which makes the additional association with survival all the more intriguing. The bottom line is, a large international series of patients points to an interesting association between radiographic necrosis following brain SRS for brain mets and improved overall survival. Thanks to Lehrer, JNS, 2022. Up next, damage control. We're all familiar with how future cognition suffers, particularly with higher radiation doses to critical brain structures at younger ages. But this interesting analysis of outcomes following radiation for pediatric craniopharyngioma suggests that early intervention for treatment-induced visual impairments and or endocrinopathies can work to maintain higher IQ levels. Thanks to Merchant, Red Journal. 2022. Up next, persistence. A huge meta-analysis suggests that men with persistently detectable PSA values, meaning greater than or equal to 0.1, following prostatectomy, have worse survival than those with any undetectable PSA prior to biochemical recurrence, though this was significantly improved with early salvage radiation and ADT. Thanks to Plusard, European Urology and Oncology, 2022. Finally, minimalist. This claims data analysis suggests, despite higher upfront costs, downstream healthcare expenditures are significantly lower following minimally invasive versus open, partial, and total nephrectomy. Thanks to Okawa, JAMA Network Open, 2022. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.